All right. <laughs> hey. Good morning, so, gentlemen. Good morning. How are we? So I just realized as I was watching that, that we're all going to be in Tampa. We were talking about that before, but it, it hit me that we're all going to be in Tampa next week. And that means I have basically a week of no sleep. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah you, better, uh, you better get your rest in now. <laughs> better get my rest in now. So Yeah. And the problem cool. is, is Dave's coming to the, in the middle. So he's going to be like high energy, ready to go, which is not helping anything. <laughs> no, not at all. It just, it's just going to prolong the agony, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you guys oh, all getting man. in town? Does uh, it start on Monday for you guys? Monday, Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Sunday night. I'm in. Nice. Yeah, I land about yeah. six thirty Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you guys on Wednesday then. You'll probably see me before that, Dave. I, I land in St. Louis tomorrow. What? Yeah, I'm speaking at REI Black Book for uh, they have a, a boot camp on uh, over the weekend. So I'm speaking on Friday afternoon at REI. Oh Black hell Book. yeah, you're gonna see me. Yeah, we're Let's gonna go get out. some drinks. This is the best. This is how I learn. <laughs> right, that's how this you learn. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Very I'm exciting. jealous. I'm jealous now. So I'll wear I'll wear him out this weekend, Gavin. <laughs> uh, good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Uh, Dave, did you close on your uh, lake house? We did. We did. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah. When was that? that? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday afternoon. We got it, and uh, we drove down and took a load of stuff, and uh, we'll be down there this weekend having some fun. So, yeah, exciting. Awesome. Very exciting. That's awesome. That's great. Um, Good, good, good. Don, so you, uh, what have you been up to? How's your last week? Uh, Amazing. Um, We did... We did an immersion uh, here in Fresno. We did a three-day event, and um, you know, we had originally uh, decided to pop it up for some of the coaching students that are in our communities already. And uh, then we just we had a we had some space available, so we decided to um, allow some people outside of our, our community to come to this. And uh, we had a, we had a good room, and it was just good energy and lots of great questions, uh, lots of great collaboration. Um, I, I even. You know, I even uh, sold one of our deals to one of the people that were in the room. I think there were some other people that made some money together. Uh, we had some um, people come back to my house. I hosted dinner at my house one night, <clears throat> and it was just it was just great to see the type of people that uh, you know. I think we all attract. You know, um, me me personally, I'm just really amazed at how incredible the people that come into these things that I do are, and how giving they are, and how incredible they are. It's like I have this, you know this zero douche policy and, and I don't, I don't attract them for some reason, which is great. So, um, and you know, we had some, some people join, um, inner circle elite. We had some people join some other things we have going on and, uh, I'm just on fire coming out of it. We're going to do another one in December in Austin. We're calling it the marketing multipliers masterclass. And then, um, I'm going to do an immersion every six weeks in 2022, um, some of them, half of them here in Fresno and half of them around the country. And I'm excited about it. So we're going to be doing sales immersions, systems immersions, a rehab immersion, like a different one, um, each time we do it. And I'm looking forward to it. I, these, these events, I don't know, I'm an introvert, but it's something about being in front of the room with a lot of people in the room really feeds me for some reason. No, really good. I agree. Yeah. Especially, um, when, I mean, we've had what a couple of years, we just did one as well mm-hmm. last week right. and, I think it was, uh, we worked out, it was nearly two years until since the last live event. Right. Which is crazy. So um, you're doing an event every six to eight weeks, Dan? I'm going to do an event every six weeks in 2022. Me, that's my goal too. Well, maybe not six weeks, but like six to eight, but a lot, right. a lot. Right. I love it, man. Very yeah. cool. How many mm-hmm. people were at the last event? 
30. We had 30 at this last one. That's and a it good, was that's a good turnout. Yeah, it was a great turnout, seeing how we didn't even really put it out there till about you know about five weeks before. So mm-hmm. it's very cool, man. Yeah. Very, very cool. Nice. Good, good, good. Um, so Dave, you what have you been doing? What, what's been so going on? Check this out, guys. I just I just got back from an appointment and I went and ran this appointment. It's um it's a five bedroom house. Uh, that I was, that I'm kind of on the fence if I'm going to keep it as a rental or if I'm going to flip it. Probably keep it as a rental. It's an interesting deal because the seller is, he inherited the property, right? And there wasn't like a will or a trust and they had to go through probate. So I was, we were originally supposed to close on Memorial Day. Uh, you know, a couple months back and we've been waiting on him and his attorneys to get through the probate process. And I just went to do a final walkthrough with him this morning. And as I'm, you know, walking through the property, he tells me that his brother just passed away this, this weekend. And I was like, oh man, that's so bad, you know, terrible. So sorry to hear that, you know, we're just kind of talking and then it hits me. I'm like, oh shoot, is he one of the people that's going to need to sign because this is a probate deal, he's an heir just like you are. He's like, yeah. So I'm like, oh no. So now we're, we might have to have him go through or his family go through probate. So it's a double probate. Wow. Wow. It's right. Wow. wow. Yeah. I know. So wow. hopefully not, you know, depending on if, you know, he's married and has kids. So maybe, maybe there's a way around it. It's going to depend on what stage the probate was in. We've experienced that before. And it just depends on where it's at in the probate process as to whether or not it's going to be an issue. Um, hopefully you're far enough along in the process that everything's kind of been established already. And, and it's just a matter of a couple of pieces of paper. So I'm but, hoping. Yeah. yeah. I told them said, I, you know, I said, if, if we can't figure this out, I'll happily just rent the property from you for the next four to six months until we can. So you can basically get this, this problem to go away. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, man, no problem. So we'll just rent it as it is. Uh, it, it needs a little bit of work, probably needs about 10 grand worth of work. And what we'll probably do is just hold off on doing that um, until we own it, just because I hate to put that money in and then not be able to buy it down the road. So yeah, makes but, sense. Uh, have you guys had a double probate deal before? Man, something new every day. Uh, but I think that's what's unique, isn't it? And, and when we do these things is because you can't prep for this, right? You're not thinking in this deal that his brother's going to pass away. And what if, right? You deal with the moment as it happens. You're not sitting there going, well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And a lot of people that, in the, that are new do that. They do all the what ifs and then don't take any action. And and I think this is, you did a video, Dave, the other day, and I talked about this and you wouldn't even know because I watch your stuff. But um, you said something about, and I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to give it a go. You were basically saying that people worry twice for no need. You know oh, that yeah. video that I'm talking oh, yeah. about? And this is a perfect example, right? You could have been worrying about someone else dying, right? Instead of just worrying when it happens. And I was like, I like that. And I've been using it on a few coaching calls this week. Yeah, exactly worry, right. So here's the here's the right term, but you 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 nailed it. When you worry, you suffer twice. There we go. Yeah. That's you it. Suffer mm-hmm. twice because you're suffering now because you're worried about it. And then if it happens, which it usually doesn't, but if then you suffer another time. So 
quit suffering twice. And right. if stuff happens, we'll work through it at that point. I love that, yeah. Gavin. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And then the, the term most people worry about something that never comes to exist. Right. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. you, you spend your time and energy worrying about something. Oh, what if that's, you know, most likely never going to happen. So, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. So, Dan, hey, go ahead. Go on. No, what was you going to say? I was just going to I was just going to say, has anyone noticed it's just three of us this week? That's all I was going to say. Is it? Really? We don't have a guest now. <laughs> we don't. No, we wanted to give it a break. <laughs> no, which I think is good. And, it, and it's probably yeah. going to be just three of it. Well, actually, no, next week we're going to be actually be, we're going to be in Tampa with, um, with our good real estate uh, uh, community. And we may have somebody with us and we have a couple people with us. We'll have to figure that out. I mean, we're going to be in Tampa yeah. together. We got logistics to figure out and how we're going to do the show, but we're still going to do it. But we may have a couple of maybe, uh, you know, guests pop in for five or 10 minutes and maybe circle through yeah, too. So. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Let's see yeah. if we can get some roll in guests on and I yeah. ask. Maybe I'm excited. A couple this of is my first questions. time going to this one. You guys have been hitting this one up for, for a couple of years. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm real excited. Um, very cool. Nice. Very, very cool. Dan, what was like the biggest takeaway from your most recent event? I'm curious to hear, you know, some of the uh, some of the things that that we can learn from. For for me, uh, <clears throat> you know, man, that's a great question. Um, or what, or what what did some of the people that came take away that that they told you there was a ton of value that you provided them that you may not have even realized it being being the the Don father. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah. So, you know, um, <laughs> fantastic question. For, first of all, for, from, from my perspective, not, you not having an opportunity to do these for uh, the last almost two years. Um, one, how much it feeds me. And, and two, it just reestablishes like I'm, I'm in this for, for, for legacy play. I don't, I don't do the coaching side, the education side necessarily for money. I mean, we need to, we need to charge for the commitment from the client and make sure that they're invested and we need to charge because I mean, it costs money to do this. It really does time away for oh, yeah. our family and it costs oh, yeah. me like these events, the fulfill, fulfill these events cost money. And so we got to cover our costs and, and, um, but, uh, but it really, it's just being able to see the impact I can make and the value I can bring. Um, and that's what I'm really in it for. So that's, that, that was for me for, for, there was, there were, there was, uh, several, I think, takeaways that the people in the room got. One was just, um, you know, for somebody who's a little newer earlier in the game, um, confidence, um, you know, was a huge one, you know, people undervalue confidence and, um, it, you know, and, and that's, that's a huge component to success. Um, and then, I think ultimately at the end of the day, um, simplicity, you know, the way I operate. So I do this eye chart thing, you know, one seller, one rarely sees what's right in front of them when I started, because most of the time people are in a room looking for answers that are literally right in front of their face. And they either need me to turn their head a little bit to see it or give them permission to act on it. And so, you know, I talked about that and that, you know, when I started it and I talked about how I, how I operate, I'm always looking for path of least resistance. And so in my operation, when I approach systems, process, sales, team, all of it is path to least resistance. And I just went through in three days and, you know, marketing and systems and teams and all of that and kind of showed my mindset behind like how I approached each thing. And I think that provided a lot of aha moments for people because a lot of people overcomplicate things. They make it harder than it needs to be. So that's Man, really good. I second that. Um, you know, this yeah. business is incredibly simple. It's simple. It's incredibly simple. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily easy. And I think the reason that it's not 
easy in most people's eyes is because of the things that you just said. They don't have the confidence. You giving them permission is awesome. I love right. that. Right. You know? So, and that's what most people are looking for, really, is just permission, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of, yeah. A lot of, you're exactly right. As you said that, like, a lot of questions I get sometimes is just saying, yeah, I just, yes, do it. And that's yeah. all they need. Right. They just need, do it. Yeah. Hey, should I send it. this offer to this guy? Yeah. Yes. You know, you should. <laughs> like, you want me to do it and split the deal with you? Let's go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Send it over. Yep. So I have my name on it. We're, we got outs in these offers, man. Right. Um, the, scar the scariest moment for me, though, I will tell you is, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've never I've never gone on the phone and, and negotiated with a seller in front of 30 people before. And so I was actually I was actually nervous getting on the phone for a second. And then I got my my um, my momentum <clears throat> and it was fine. But I actually liked doing it after I did it. And I want to do it more, get in front of big groups and, and get on the phone and see if I can close deals. But uh but that was, I would say that was the, like getting in front of a room and speaking and all that kind of stuff. I know my stuff. It's easy. Like, but getting on the phone and, and be, you know, negotiate with a seller in front of 30 people. That was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. So I'm curious to hear, do you, do you put together a slide deck for these events or are you working off of like a mind, a mind map and, or, so I, I'm just curious on the format of what you guys are doing in terms of, you know, of, of the event for the most part. You and Joe work off a of mind map, right, Gavin? We do. We 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 test. We we've done everything. It depends what it is. Okay. We do yeah. not on the last event. We did not work from a. We did a little bit from the mind map because here's the thing. It's all about. I'm. I like to do it where I engage. I like to keep Same. everyone engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem is with the mind map is everyone just stares into space sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this event was probably one of the best we've done because it was way more interactive. We won't like mm -hmm. Q and a on topics. And uh, again, uh, as Don said, we, uh, we did live calls as well. Um, and we actually, and Don, you may have done this, but we actually got people giving us leads to call. That's what happened. Right? Somebody gave me a lead. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and, and, and again, it, it keeps me on my toes, right? Cause everyone gets nervy, you know, you get the butterflies, but I just get in the mindset of, I don't even care. Like whatever, like if it goes yeah. bad, like, I'm at least I'm willing to do it. Well, or another at the one. end of the day, we're just trying to help people, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I'm not gonna, it doesn't, it's yeah. not even like a chore. We have yeah. a tool belt, right? And it's got a bunch of different options in it. You know what? You did, we're did, just did. trying to help. So it's so, like, if they don't yeah. want to talk, then, Cool. I don't have to help you. The, the, the biggest aha moment for me every time I do one of these things, when you say that and the simplicity of this is the things that we take for granted that we do every day. Like I got on that call and, and, I, and I got the seller down like 50 grand in, in the whole thing. And, and I just went through what I do every single day. The conversation that I think is no big deal. Right. That why would anybody ever want to hear this conversation? And then there were a number of people in the room that were so amazed by that call. And that blows me away. And it's a realization that the things that yep. we take for granted that we do every single day that we think are, that no one would ever care about are big deals to some people. And uh, we need to make sure that we get, get it out there as much as we possibly can. So, um, but I want to share that. Yeah. So we, are you using slide decks then? I'm slide deck, but, but let me, let me preface this. Like, 
it's not like standing in front of the room and just speaking off a slide deck. I prepare a slide deck through the, the chronological order that I want to do the, the uh, meeting. And it has hitting points that I, I, I have, but it's more so there in case we don't have conversation. Yeah. I need, to, I need to go the, back to something. Drive yeah. the flow of mm-hmm. the business yep. and everything. But I love the interaction. And I'm very, if, if I'm talking about something, you have a question, if you want to take it into a completely different, like what I was going to talk about, in th- you know, on day three and you want to talk about like, I'll talk about it now. Yep. Like the interaction yep. feeds me. I, cause I'm, I know my stuff. I can pop off and I can have a conversation with you. I don't have to be rehearsed. So, and I actually feel better about it when it's not rehearsed. I feel like I give them better, more genuine answers and content. And right. so I will, um, I'll bounce around the slide deck depending on what the, what the room needs. And sometimes yep. I won't even use the slide deck. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do the, the same thing. So we, we do an agenda of what would what we want to cover within top big big time slots yeah. and obviously we, normally we get behind right it's normal um and exactly the same dave sometimes we'll screen share my maybe i've got prop stream up right and we're, and we're sharing the screen pulling the list right maybe it's so it, so it's definitely different um so i don't really have a strict answer i'm not i don't like the, the slides and, and 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 too rigid i'm more about feeding again off the audience because if they're interacting and getting them in a comfortable spot now obviously don had 30 we had probably 37 40 um now if you've got hundreds of people then that's a different event right because you can't mm-hmm. it's harder to feed off that when you have hundreds of people in the room um so that's when you may have to change that up um I think 30, 40 people, it's great to, to have that interaction for sure. Yeah. We got uh, Ryan Smith, one of my boys. Ryan and I are going to be doing some things together. So nice. Nice. Yeah. And I want to say real quick Heim said, hey, guys, you popped it up. Heim's a beast. I'm going to oh. get Heim on. I'm going to message Heim after this because I'm yeah, going to get him on. Heim's just Heim the dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He lives the dream. He's just, he's great. So we're going to get hit Heim up. One of the best human beings I know, for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's so I'm going to hit him up if he's still watching. Um, yeah. We're going to get him on in a couple of weeks here. So, um, also, guys, we got a lot of you watching. We got some hearts and likes. We appreciate that. Give us some more if you are getting some value from this. Uh, ask questions. Give us a like. Share. Get us on. We want to get as many eyeballs on as possible. Um, we always say that, but it is important, right? Just like for you mm. guys. Share it out. We, we, you, we never pitch anything. We never sell anything. We're not here to do that. We just want to give value. We got together. Uh, this show started from us like hanging out, uh, just chatting every week to then turn it into a show and going, well, let's let people listen to us chat, right? And then we turned into bringing guests on so we could ask questions that you guys want uh, and you can ask as well. So again, ask the questions um, in, in the chat like share do all that good stuff and um we'll 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 take these topics wherever you choose so are you guys struggling with anything right now curious ask me yeah you too i had well i was just gonna say mine was last week but we got over it we got the lake house closed with all that bank nonsense so i'm like i feel good people had a couple of people so gave on my team was like you're right like you're not talking i'm like i'm stressed out i'm trying to get this house closed yeah, <laughs> are you there yeah. now are you huh are you there now yeah yeah i'm there i'm still in michigan oh nice yeah. awesome yeah, yeah. Cool. i'm in the rv right now but the house crystal's in there i was just telling dom before you jumped on she's like we have a dumpster arrive so she's just going to town smashing going to the town, stuff out <laughs> yeah so that's uh, good that's good most women don't throw anything out so that's good man yeah 
Um, Haim Hi, Hi said, basically, thanks for the love here. Um, so uh, much appreciated, man. And then uh, he had a question for us here. So yeah. uh, <clears throat> the meetings you do, are they more mastermind format or uh, sharing information? In other words, the attendees come uh, for the connection, the relationships with like or with like or more hear you speak and share experience. I obviously can't read off of a computer. So, um, <clears throat> so for, for me, this meeting, um, was, a, was not, it was, it was still making sure that we, we taught the room, we gave them I- information and experience. Um, there was collaboration with the dinner, um, in the evening to build relationships. So we I had them at, to my house at dinner one night. Um, and, uh, that was really cool to see everybody come back and have a good time. So, and they networked and built relationships there. And of course there's networking conversations, but it's not traditional mastermind style where they're getting up and, and, um, sharing, um, in front of a room, like they would at a mastermind, like hot seats and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a, I guess a hybrid of, you know, so, uh, so Don, you and, do yeah. master, you have a mastermind as well. I'm in it. I, I have a it. mastermind. Yeah. And then this is different. So that's actually a yeah. really good question. Haim. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you differentiate the two? Okay. That's, that's So how I would differentiate. The and two. I know the answer. Yeah. I think I do at least I'm just asking. Okay. Well, how would you? So these, so these events are one and done, I'd assume, mm-hmm. right? You're one not done. creating a group online or a mm-hmm. Slack channel no. um, or giving people, you know, a bunch of additional stuff um, that's going to, that's going to, you know, require you to interact essentially, right? The mastermind right. is a group that everybody contributes to and takes from, meets quarterly and, uh, you know, it's a community. Everyone's learning as well, mm-hmm. whereas these are probably more hyper-focused like a marketing intensive, right? you know, and in my case, a Burr method intensive, you know, a wholesaling intensive, you know, an right. operations intensive, whatever that may be. So I'm assuming that that's, that's, that's right. No, that's ex- exactly right. These are, these are, these are one-off events. You can come and be one and done. A, mas- a mastermind's a community. It's, it's, you know, you're looking at something that you're going to be meeting with people on a regular basis, developing relationships, developing trust, doing business together, learning from each other. Um, you know, it, when we do these one-off events, you know, um, we're usually the experts in front of the room. Um, and when we do the masterminds, while we're still the, one of the experts in the room, there are many experts in the room and that's uh, a collaboration. Um, so that's, that's really the big difference. Um, and you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, uh, mastermind becomes family, mm-hmm. you know, we're all masterminds together. That's how we became friends. That's why we get to hang out with each other on a regular basis. We wouldn't be doing this if we weren't in mastermind communities together. 100%. Um, you know, because we've had the late night conversation sitting by, uh, you know, sitting by a fire or, you know, by a beach in, in Tulum and having a beer and, and you know, and, and hey. devel- developing the trust. Huh? Hey. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's really where, you know, now we're doing this together. We're going to be doing other things. And that's really where what a mastermind does for you is. And that's it. Where I think people, for, they, they're like, what's a mastermind and what am I going to get out of it? You get, you don't just get a phone number. You get a family. Yeah, you get a family. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. So, no, that's really good. Yeah. You're exactly right. And 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 sometimes even me, you know, I take it for granted. Like some, you know, you get busy and you're not on all the calls, and you know, you want to be on the zooms and you're not. But at the end of the day, like you're building relationships when we do these in-person events or on Zoom, when you can call and get some help, right, on something, whether it be personal, whether it be like, hey, what do you do here, like you know, hey, this has never happened before, or hey, I'm struggling with I'm struggling with this and someone else has already lived it or gone through it. 
um, and, and they're the things of the relationships again that your network um, is is super powerful um, and I, I think it's huge you know I, again I, I probably I don't say this every episode I do a lot of calls and stuff but REI network I, I wanted that because it's because that's what it's about it's about networking and you know if I've got a burr method here's a, this is it right Dave's the burr guy right I'm not and I don't claim to be. I obviously understand how it's done, the basics of it. But if I want to do a burr, I'm not going to be like watching training. I'm going to call Dave saying, hey, will you help me with this? Like, i got this question. Like, what's the best way to approach this? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. Go and do X, Y, Z. Boom. I implement and I get moving on. He's just saved me time, money, all of these things by helping me out. And then that goes both ways. So, yeah, networking's powerful. It's You know, it's, it's really wild because everybody – in a mastermind it has such unique talents. Mm-hmm. And when I first started masterminding probably four years ago, I'd imagine maybe five, um, there was guys that, you know, had big brokerages doing five, six, 700, you know, transactions a year. And, you know, I was interested in their businesses because we have a small brokerage and just kind of wanting to learn more about how to grow it. But in exchange, they're coming to me asking, how do we wholesale? And I'm like, you do 600 transactions a year. What do you mean? How do you yeah. wholesale? And it's just like the, the exchange of information that, you, that that I have collected as well as given in, in my mastermind families is just, it's phenomenal. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I Absolutely. mean, just, 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 just to hit on it one more time. You have, you have two people <laughs> that you know that are killing it. Yeah. Yell that dog, man. Uh, you have two people that you know are killing it. And, you know, what you got this guy over here that's like you, you you know him and you know he's a good guy, but you don't know him. And then you got this guy over here that you like, man, you broke bread. You know, maybe you've talked about family. You've you've seen them kind of grow. You've seen them kind of struggle, You but you, you know them. And, and, and both of them are equal and, and you can give a recommendation to do business. They're both in, say, in the same market or, you know, who are you going to recommend? The one you really know, right? And so like Haim is a perfect example. Haim and I <clears throat> are in a mastermind together. I've known, you know, Hyman and I met uh, on on Facebook where he was wholesaling, I was rehabbing, and we actually kind of fought on Facebook. And I had the podcast, and I was like, "Okay, let's do a wholesaler against Flipper podcast." And we did the podcast, and we became friends. And then now we're in a mastermind community together. That relationship, you know, something we had something come up where he recommended somebody to the group I'm in to basically um, do some marketing stuff. And when I reached out to that individual and started the conversation with the individual, he said that, you know, I came very highly recommended from Haim and therefore he was going to talk to me. And it was, you know, Haim's somebody, I'm somebody that I'm not going to put my name on people if I don't know they're going to follow through. Right. You know, Absolutely. and that comes from the community. So again, when you talk about your network as your net worth, is your network a Rolodex or is your network a relationship? Because yeah. that's going to make a huge difference. You know that's, what I'm saying? that's that's massive. That's yeah. massive. I love it. All right, let's take a couple questions here. So we got uh, Thomas Cole says, "Please give me a kick-ass list to get me going." Thanks, amigos. So, Thomas, uh, when it comes to lists, uh, my favorite list is the Driving for Dollars list, the list you create. And there's lots of different resources to drive for dollars. Um, and then another question um, that we'll kind of simultaneously answer here. Um, is what is the t- the, the the text text one across the, the bottom of the screen? One across the bottom of the screen. Yeah. So what that is is if you text flip. So here we'll put that up for a second. If you text flip 
to that phone number, um, you will join into the tips and tricks hotline that we have. And we send out tips and tricks every couple of days uh, to help you guys grow your real estate investing businesses. Uh, we also give you resources by doing so. So we'll send you a link to our website. So this is the actual website here, guys. It's coffeewithcloserslive.com. And that website is, um, is awesome because it has some resources. It's got our Facebook group. It's got a wholesale contract that you guys can use. And not even necessarily wholesale, just a contract to go purchase property. It has an assignment agreement, joint venture agreement, a lead sheet. And then there's also different um, different um, free trials that, we're, that we give you guys. Because we partnered with a lot of the, uh, the marketing companies. So like Batch Leads or Batch Driven, REI Black Book, and then of course uh, the Mastermind, right? So check those out. Uh, but circling back to your question about... Uh, the kick-ass list, right? So driving for dollars is one of my favorite ways to build a list because it's a unique list. It's a list that you and you only have. Also, what are we looking for when we're real estate investing, right? As investors, specifically wholesalers, but as investors, you know, we're looking for deals. Back that out. How do you find a deal? Will you find a distressed property owner or you find a distressed property? And sometimes it's both, Right. So when we go pull a list online, we have no idea necessarily about the property, just a list, just a name and an address on a, on a spreadsheet. But when we go and we drive for dollars, we create a list that there is known distress on those properties. So it's going to be a higher level of a lead. Now, if you're going to go pull leads, we pull tons of leads. And these other two guys probably pull more than I do even, right? But I can tell you, from about 700 purchases of experience, 70% of the time, the property's vacant when we buy it. That's it. That's the secret, yeah. right? So vacant houses, absentee-owned houses, start there every time, every single time. That's what I. That's my advice. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, I agree. I think the best list out there, organic list, is a drive for dollars. I mean, that that mm -hmm. that can't be beaten. Um, uh, you know, uh, but if you can't, if you're virtual, you don't want to do virtual drive for dollars. Blah blah blah. And you're going to pull a list. Mine's absentee. Uh, is my number one list, which wraps into vacants. Um, I like an absentee. Uh, the reason being is I feel like there is less uh friction there. Right? It's it's a second home. They're more likely to uh, wanting to sell it potentially um, and all of them reasons. And we create criteria around the absentee. You know, I normally do. I used to do 10 plus years of ownership. I probably now with the market changing and going crazy, I normally do seven plus years. I make sure I have some equity in there. Um, depending on the market, I might put a threshold on the uh, the cost of the home, um, depending on which market it, it is. And then I go over after single family, you know, duplex, triplex, quads, multis. Um, that's kind of the one of my favorite lists that I like to do. Yeah. So regardless of the list that you pull, there's a couple of pieces of criteria that we typically add every single time. And the first one is off market. I always, when I'm pulling my list, I pull off market. Now we may pull sometimes expireds, but those are also off market typically, right? So why would I want to go off market? Well, I don't want to go up against the realtor that just convinced the homeowner that it's worth 20 or 30% more than I'm willing to pay for it. It's an uphill battle, 
right? So we always take those off. Next, what we'll do is we will make sure that they have at least 25 to 30% equity because it's going to be a lot more challenging for somebody to sell you a property that they're going to have to bring that kind of money to the table than if there's no friction there and they have equity and they're willing to sell it at a discount and they don't have to bring anything to the table, right? So those two things are typically always going to be added. The third thing that we'll, we'll add sometimes, uh, more times than none, is a minimum square foot. I just don't like buying shacks. I've spent a lot of time over the years buying, fixing, trying to rent a shack. And, I'm, and what I mean by that is, you know, a 500 square foot house or a 600 square foot house, a kitchen. And a 500 square foot house is almost the same cost as in a 1200 square foot house. It's still a kitchen kind of, costs what a kitchen costs. A kitchen costs costs what a kitchen costs. Costs. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to in an HVAC, you know, you may save 150 bucks on a small house HVAC versus a big house HVAC. You're still looking at $3,500 typically, right? 4,000, you know, maybe more, it just depends. But if you can only rent a little tiny shack for five or 600 and you're having the same amount of cost, as if you could rent a house for 1100 or 1400 or 1600 it just doesn't make sense. So off-market, minimum of 25 to 30% equity. In some cases, we'll go to 50%. Got to have equity, guys. Got to have equity. And then last but not least is just take anything off that's less than 750 or 800 square foot. That's, yeah. that's how well, I do it. We, yeah. we, we, could, we, we could layer this conversation. I'm actually, I just finished <clears throat> last night. I have not taken a day off in the last two weeks. But I literally just finished the last video on a direct mail course that I'm going to be launching. Um, I sent out 2 million postcards between 2018 and 2019. I know direct mail like the back of my hand. Um, I don't go into the high level stuff in the course. I go into more of strategy, thought process, what list to pull, high hanging fruit list and low hanging fruit list. Gavin, you said that um, you like non unoccupied because there's less friction. That's a low hanging fruit list. You're going to have greater chance of getting to the contract faster, whereas owner occupied is a high hanging fruit list. If you're going to do direct mail in any kind of capacity um, for success long term, you need consistency. So you have to stagger those lists in your mailings well, to, yeah. to have that consistency, but that's a high level conversation. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. I want to say, I'll say one thing as well. I mean, that's my number one list, but I put right. all this, but owner occupies good as well because a lot of properties have not been updated, especially with COVID that are absentee owned. It's just not been updated in the county records yet. So you're actually pulling lists that no one else is mailing or marketing to that are absentee. So they're really good as well. Yeah. Um, and one other thing I want to say on that, just to, just to say what Dave was saying, you have to realize I pull, I'm in multiple markets, but I pull for clients in, in markets as well. And, depending on where the data is coming from, sometimes you can't narrow down certain things like square footage, for instance, may not be tracked in certain markets. So your, your list could go to zero if it's not being tracked, like especially like the non-disclosure states, like prop stream, for instance, we could pull in Kansas city, but it doesn't track equity. So your length of residence in theory, yes, they could have pulled a second mortgage or something, but your length of residence will normally gauge the equity to some degree, right? Wait, so why, why this, the equity? The, is it the county doesn't report it? Correct. Yeah, normally from that, that the cat the way that it, the way that it's pulled, like beds and baths in some markets, you can't say give me two plus beds because it could 
change the thing to zero or it will go kind of weird because yeah. it doesn't track it. So yeah, you have to look at what the counties are tracking to get what information. Work. Yeah, I get yep. that. Absolutely. Yeah. All in all, though, you know, polling lists, PropStream is a great resource. Batch leads. I just dropped a, a link down below, guys, is actually uh, really awesome now, too. They've been spending tons and tons of resources um, to make it to where you can pull comps and motivated seller lists over there as well. We love using batch leads. Highly check that out, guys. Um, highly recommend check that out. Oh, go ahead. I was say we have this one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, $1,000 a month, you know, what to do for the budget. Yellow letters, direct mail, um, skip tracing, cold calls, D for D. Um, my, my advice, not knowing their entire situation and what their burn is, um, you got to have a runway for marketing. So if you have a thousand dollars a month, my first question is how many months can you sustain that? Um, so, you know, otherwise my strategy is going to be a little different, but assuming you can sustain it for about five or six months, um, cause you're going to need about 90 to 120 days before you start to see momentum in most marketing. Um, then that's, we start to break that down. I, I would, I would say that cold calling is probably going to be your best bet for that budget right out of the gate. Cause data is super, super inexpensive. You can actually probably hire a decent cold caller for that and not have to do it yourself. If you're bound and determined to do direct mail, then I would do, I would niche it down and either do niche lists like um, code violations or uh, water shutoffs or a distress list of some type, or I would pick a few zip codes and just hit those zip codes that are like high demand zip codes for buyers. But ultimately um, I think cold calling is going to be the best way to go. I don't know if anybody has a different opinion, but great. Yeah, I agree. I think you're going to get the highest bang for your buck mm -hmm. uh, by cold calling. You're spending the majority of your cost on the data. And the cool yeah. part is, is you can, once you get the data, you can cold call and or cold text the, the data. Right. So, right. Um, we love those messages. Matt says, what's your least favorite list? I would say probate or divorce because the negotiation would be odd for me. And Matt, that's a great question. Um, mm, why, question. why would that negotiation be odd? Right. So whenever I'm buying a property from a probate case, like the one I talked to you guys about on the beginning of this call or a divorce case, um, I'm not leading that the, with the fact that I know it's probate or divorce. I'm not typically asking how the divorce is going, right? I'm not typically, yep. you know, asking why the seller of an inherited property doesn't move into it. I know that they don't want to because they don't live there already, right? So it's no different than any other situation. Now, it may get weird sometimes or odd. If they make it odd, but most of the time people are looking for a solution and that's what we're providing. We're helping, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people feel this way about both probate and divorce. Um, and it prevents people from marketing to them. So, I think you, you nailed it though, Dave. It's, it's, it's the lead-in. Go ahead. So I was just going to say it's the lead-in, right? That's, yeah. that's when it gets... I mean, you just nailed it. It's just like foreclosure. You don't call and go, hey, I just seen you on the foreclosure list. I mean, I mean you're just going to frustrate and piss everyone off, yeah. right? You've got I lead in just like it's a normal deal. We're trying to buy a house in the area, blah, blah, blah. And then the, you already know what list it is for me personally. So we just go down and start to talk about that. And obviously, I have the heads up on it. Um, but I just treat every seller the same and then find out what's going on and let them open up about it. And then we'll go in, pay respects. As long as you're paying respects on probate, right, in my opinion, for, for 
you know, and it could be pre-probate or, or different things, but that's just, I just wanted to add that. So I think you're exactly right. I do have a least favorite list. I do. Well, it's the one that doesn't produce. Yes. You track, you track <laughs> your data. Any list. That's such yes. a great point, Darren. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you track your data. In the wisdom, bro. Yeah, you track your data. Smart. And you look at the one. You know, it's, it's the one that either doesn't produce or the one that the production isn't worth the brain damage. Right? And that's the list you exclude from whatever you're mailing. So, yep. Or, and, and, and with cold calling, you, I think with direct mail, you can have like niche lists, right? Where right. you stack them and do that. But with cold calling and texting, you need data. So, most of the time, you need everybody. You need bodies, you need people breathing, and you need to be contacting them. And that's the way I look at it. And especially in the smaller markets, you don't have a choice. It's only on the direct mail where you can start pairing lists up and start narrowing things down because you want to watch your budget. But in cold calling and texting, you want everybody. They're breathing. Let's talk. Yeah. Cold, cold calling is the probably in texting is, is one of the least expensive ways to deploy aggressive marketing. Um, but direct mail is still something that I really, I really am passionate about. So yeah. I love it. And yeah. A thousand one. books though. We agree though. A thousand books just ain't going to scratch call. it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ain't gonna D, scratch D, it. D for D pull, pull, pull a, a, a list, whatever you need to do and then cold call it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What area at the courthouse do you get the code violations and the water in the water shutoffs, et cetera. The yeah, those are usually going to be through code enforcement and um, like code violations and be code enforcement. And they, and they'll they depend on who you talk to. They're always going to tell you that those lists don't exist. You're you're going to have to do the work. And I don't know your city to tell you you know how you need to approach it. But you're you're you may have to do a Freedom Information Act request, a FOIA. Um, you may have to develop a relationship with the code enforcement officer that you're like legit and they can actually send you information. They're, you're you're, you're going to be told no on the first conversation. Same thing with tax default. You're going to walk in, they're going to say, oh, we don't have it. And then you pre push more and you'll find out that they do. So um, look, if this was easy in the sense of you could just walk in there and grab it and it was over the counter, everybody would be doing it. So you got you to gotta figure out in your area who you need to talk to to get it done. But these are the lists that there's pain yep. points and not everybody has it the harder the list the better the list yeah the harder the list is to get the better the list is that's sure. a great point so so water shutoffs are typically going to be from your water company and the water company may be consolidated in with another you, you know another utility type of a company mm. ours yeah. is city Our, ours yeah, water and trash is city, city. Yeah. right it could be a third-party company yeah. exactly you just got just figure out you know where those are coming from submit a freedom of information act um you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes they're just going to straight up tell you, no, even yeah. at, even with all that information, they may not have the resources. You got to think mm -hmm. they may not have the staff to process that type of stuff too. So be patient, uh, code violations, same thing. You're, you're typically dealing with a city or, you know, some sort of government organization and, you know, they're, they don't typically move quick. So mm -hmm. my advice would be, you know, get patient, start trying, or do like I do because I'm super lazy and just find somebody who markets the ability to get those code violation of those water shutoffs in your area and then just hire them to go do it. And if they don't get it, no money is cost, right? You only pay for the leads that they're going to be able to provide. Love that. All right. Got another one here. What are your guys must have software and tools in this business? 
Love it. That's that's just a great question. So I'm in the process right now of trying to minimize, trying to get rid of softwares. I have way too many, way too many. And uh, but the must haves for the new guys, right, would be a CRM. And there's a bunch of good CRMs out there. We got Ari Simply, we got Ari Blackbook, we got Podio. There's a bunch of them, right? But you only need one of those. So pick a CRM that works for you. And then behind that, all you really need is a phone. And if you don't want to pay for a phone system, you can use your cell phone. I did out the gate for the first six or eight months. It worked just fine. The only reason I don't do it today is because I have a team and I want to be able to route calls and you know, do a little bit more high-level stuff. And then last but not least is a comping tool. That's it. So if you are an agent or a broker and you own a cell phone, you only need one piece of software. That's it. Just one. And that is a CRM, right? Now, if you want to elevate and make your business run more efficiently and or just at a higher scale, there's other softwares that you can bring in to help make more cold calls or send more cold text messages. But you don't need those softwares to do that from your cell phone out the gate, right? And there's a bunch of other softwares that we can all have and use that are going to, again, make our business more efficient and, you know, provide more more tools for us to make educated decisions. Uh, but at the end of the day, more software isn't the, isn't typically the solution. Gavin talked about this kind of the last week and, and even before that. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, people get, get stuck in the weeds. They're like, oh, I need to automate this. And when somebody calls, I want to send them a text. And then I, want, I need to do this and I need to do that. And they spend a lot of time building out systems. And guess what they're not doing? They're not looking at houses. They're not mm -hmm. making offers to people. They're not following up. So, you know, focus on working in the business until you can bring in an assistant or a virtual assistant or a team member or a partner to help you. So you're not dropping the ball over there before you start working on the business. That's my two cents. No, you're exactly right. And I think it depends on, you know, the, the person, one, the person asking it, but also as everyone's watching us going, well, what type of person am I? And if you're not a techie person whatsoever and you like, you know, you struggle to like operate emails and, and turn on computers and, and things like that. And we do have listeners, then just get rid of the CRM, get some folders, some lead sheets and do it the old way. And as Dave said, you make money, and then guess what you do? You hire that position out. You then get a CRM. You say, here's all the files. Get it. I want you to manage the CRM and give me my tasks for the day. And you go that route. So, um, but, yeah, Dave's, I mean, spot on with what he was saying. But I'd just say it depends on the individual. And, and, and you have to play to your strengths. And one thing you can't avoid is you have to be making offers, okay, um, if you're going to make money. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I um I didn't even have a CRM until like 2015. Um, <clears throat> to be honest with everybody, I didn't even really know what a CRM was. And to this day, because the CRM was implemented in my business um, after I had removed myself from certain roles, I still don't really know how to use it. I'm not gonna lie. So um, so you don't ever have to know how to use a CRM depending on where you're at in your business. I will tell you though, it is the greatest asset to my organization. Oh yeah. Because our follow-up game is what makes us the most money. So, so you have to have it at some point. Speaking of that, Don, great. Um, this is awesome. So you said earlier, you said something about a, a new marketing method getting traction. Right. 
and you said 90 to 120 days. I agree 100 mm percent. -hmm. So that's three to five months, I believe, if my math is correct. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that, you know, it starts to get traction is you're going to stumble across motivated sellers if you do enough marketing. Right. I mean, it's just it's easy. Right. right. But the majority of the motivated sellers that we work with, we don't stumble across them day one. Mm -hmm. We market to them, we get them into the system, then we follow up with them and we nurture them, right? 100%. And the, I was looking at some deals that we had just closed the other day, just trying to get, that was a small sample set, maybe 10, 10 deals that we had closed in the last you know, 60 days, essentially. And I'm looking through these the other day and the amount of touches that my team had on them was a minimum of 15. Yep. It wasn't no. two, it wasn't three, yep. it wasn't five, it wasn't eight. It was 15. So that's also how you're going to help your marketing gain traction. You're going to stumble across motivated people, guys. It's well, inevitable. Right. That's I, I, I always refer to stack, stacking your marketing for momentum. When I say stacking your marketing for momentum, I don't mean different marketing channels. I mean, like, you know, your first effort, whether it's cold calling or, or direct mail, say direct mail, your first list goes out and you get some calls and, you, and maybe you get a deal or not. But you some people are interested, but they're not ready yet. And you start talking to them. You send the next list out and then you get some calls and, and you know, you start talking to them and doing follow up. And the first list pops and maybe list two pops one and this, you have list three and you start stacking this momentum. And you start building this consistency and consistency is only built. Consistency is only built from stacking the momentum. And that is a combination of being consistent in your marketing and consistent in your follow-up. And that's the only way you're going to have consistent lead flow ever. Otherwise you're going to be like this, like you can't see me, but like this constantly. And uh, <clears throat> the roller coaster ride's insane. So yep. you have to have follow-up. You, you have to stack. And, and when we say 90 to 120 days, I want to make sure nobody takes this the wrong way to get momentum in a marketing channel, that doesn't mean send, send a direct mail campaign or, or do a bunch of cold calls in month one and not do anything for the next three months because you're waiting for momentum to happen. That means continue to be consistent over that period of time and you'll start to see the traction. 100%. Yep. When I started cold calling, I think 2016, and let's say the first 100 leads that we came in, that came in, it took us five weeks to get the first contract. We made $7,500 on, right? And that was obviously a return on investment. But if I would have, and you shouldn't do this, but if them 100 leads that came in, let's just say over six weeks, if I would have stopped that marketing when I tracked it over five months, from follow-up from them 100 leads, we did $105,000, okay? So just to put that in perspective, $7,500 to get the first contract in five weeks. It took us eight weeks to actually close the first deal. If we stopped marketing and we just followed up and followed up over five months, we did 105000 from them marketing efforts. And that's what this business is all about, okay, on the follow-up. And we all share that. It doesn't matter what strategy. It doesn't matter if I'm virtual, Don's flipping. It doesn't matter if Dave with the burr. When it comes down to marketing and follow-up, we all have the same thing. We're just using different exit strategies. That's the only difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Love that. Love that right there. I mean, you said it. You $108,000 over that period of time. But that doesn't – that was from that first – First from one, that first you know, batch. And yeah, momentum comes from first batch, second batch, third batch. So pretty soon 100%. you're building a business. The, you know? the, 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 old, my, the way I think, the older the lead, the better the lead. Right? Mm -hmm. I need leads every day, but the longer they've been in the CRM, and the more we've followed up, the better they are. They're like gold. If I lost yeah. my CRM, like all of us, it'd just be like tragic. If I stopped marketing completely today, I mean, 
I wouldn't be surprised if over the next three to five years we could close a hundred property deals. For sure. Yeah. I got, got six thousand yep. leads in my system. Yeah. There's so, a million dollars sitting there right now for all of us. Low number. Right. Right. Really. It's crazy. It really is. Yeah. It's wild. But Catherine says, just getting started. Make offers, make offers, make offers, follow up. Love it. Why wasn't yeah. your offer accepted? So you can refine that in the next one. So follow up. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Follow up with them, you know, before the appointment, follow up with them after the appointment, follow up with them. So you can make an offer, uh, follow up with them on the offer. And as Catherine says, you know, why wasn't that offer accepted? Learn from them, you know, so you can refine and learn and get better on the next one, guys. And that's really yeah. what it comes down to. You know, one of the things that I've really learned, you know, being in this business full time for about seven years is the first half of that seven years. I was following up with the intentions of trying to make people motivated. And it was, it was not really, it wasn't really the, the right way to do it. Right. Instead, now what we do when we follow up, we can't force people to be, to be, to be motivated. I think that's the, the lesson. You can't force people to be motivated, but what you can do is you can make friends with people. And whenever they do be, you know, become motivated for whatever yeah. reason, you can be there to help them. So what we really essentially had done over the last, you know, half, the last three and a half years um, is when we're doing our follow-ups and they're not ready to sell, we're not discouraged, you know, instead we're just like, okay, cool. You know, I just wanted to make sure that you remember that we are buying in this neighborhood and, you know, when you're ready, if, and when we would love to work with you. Right. And that's the difference I think that we've had over the years is that you can't force people to be motivated. You can't. And yeah, we, yeah, we, we, I think it's very simple, right? With follow up, all you're doing, has anything changed since the last time we spoke? That's all you're trying that's to do. That's all, that's, that's it. That's exactly time it. is everything. So, Don might have been like, oh, I want 300,000. This is a hot market, blah, 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 blah. And then, guess what? In 30 days, Don hasn't sold his house. Now, is Don as confident as he was on the first time? Or is Don more like, I can't believe it's not sold. I thought it would have sold. So he's now softening, right? And that's all it is. It's just really just being there the whole journey until that motivation changes. And they'll change on your own. As Don, as, as Dave just said, you're not going to get on and get some super salesy like going on and turn and motivated. No, you're there just basically just seeing if anything changes and you're in the pocket ready to go when it does. And things change. They do. They change very rapidly and they change for different reasons for different people. You know, so earlier you had, you know, somebody, I think it was Matt, maybe had mentioned, you know, probate and divorce. Right. These aren't things that I ever wish on people or hope that happen. But they do. And they're problems. And a lot of times people need help. They need solutions to get rid of these properties. Right. And it doesn't always have to be bad stuff like that, right? It could be that somebody has a property that they've been renting out for, for 30 years and it's paid for itself three times over and they're just tired of being a landlord. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, hey, I don't even, it's not even, I don't care about full retail. It needs 20 grand worth of work, but it is rented. You know, cut me a deal and you get a discount on it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's just so many reasons, you know, I mentioned here a few times that, you know, we bought stuff at the beginning of the year just because the comps are changing right now. The seller wanted exactly what they wanted. It didn't change, but suddenly we, the market shifted and we were like, okay, well now it's a deal. Yeah. 
It was that simple. Um, you know, whereas before it just wasn't, we couldn't make it work and they weren't going to budge and, and now it changed. So, uh, we've had situations where the seller wanted a number cause they were going to do the work themselves. So they didn't get it. And then, you know, six months later, just, they realized that they don't want to do the work themselves. It's not worth the, the brain damage mm -hmm. and they're willing to cut a deal just to be done with it. So, um, so I, we've had people call us up and, and, and cuss us out and call us all kinds of wonderful four letter words that I'm so grateful for and tell us never to never to email or call them or, or, or direct mail them again or whatever it was, the channel we used. And uh, and then six months later, sell us their house. Yep. hundred percent. We had one. She said uh, she said, I will never sell to an investor. Never. Right. Never. And then never. And then guess what? <laughs> I think it was a year and a half later. Here we are buying it. And I really wanted to say, you know, I quote something a year and a half ago. Well, obviously I wouldn't, but yeah. you know, you just, you just, you're exactly right. Everyone in the moment, things are happening in people's lives. And normally if they're motivated, something stressful is happening. They're not kicking it, making a ton of money, relax, just living life, right? Something stressful beyond you and your feelings. You just have to get over it, you know, and just say, yeah, they're just having a bad day. We'll, we'll catch up again, you know, and, and, and take that mindset to it. Um, yeah. So it's good, good, good stuff. Yeah. Boys, we're at an hour and one we are. here. We're good. All right. I think we we've, made it. we've hit it. We did. Yeah. Well, hey, good seeing you all. Um, appreciate everyone watching. Guys, remember, make sure you like and subscribe if you've not already done so. Uh, we're going to be live from Tampa next week. We don't know how it's going to go. Maybe we're all on one screen. Maybe we're sitting next to each other on laptops. Maybe we're going to do a rolling and grabbing people at this event to give some, you know, golden nuggets. So stay tuned. Make sure you join us for that. Um, and, yeah, guys, have a great rest of your week. Awesome. Signing off, 100%. guys. Thanks for watching.